Welcome to the Nutritious and Delicious podcast with me, Bethany Geddes. My mission is to support busy parents all over the world to learn time management while taking care of your nutritional, physical, and mental health. After all, a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. So today I'm super excited. I have Cheryl here with me today. And Cheryl is a professional health writer. She's a herbalist and certified clinical aromatherapist. She has worked in aromatherapy and in the natural space for almost 20 years and has studied some of the world's most renowned aromatherapy herbal experts and colleges. She teaches aromatherapy around the world and coaches women with herbal and nutritional therapies to help with thyroid conditions. So today I'm super excited to talk about this. We're going to talk about how thyroid can help with herbs. And, you know, I want to first ask you is, um, tell us to what to look out for here in um, experiencing a breakdown in thyroid and why this might be happening. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I like to start with kind of what the thyroid does, because if we understand um, why we need our thyroid, then we can understand how much this tiny little organ affects our health. So the thyroid is this little butterfly gland in your neck and it's mostly responsible for controlling your metabolism, which is where um, your body converts food and oxygen into energy. So it's this critical organ and it's involved in almost every process in your body. So um, your heart, brain, nervous system, bones, digestion, lungs, skin, and really your body temperature as well. And it's also really critical for growth and brain development during childhood. And so it's really important for controlling growth hormones. So it's very critical for children. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if we start to have thyroid problems, obviously with all of all that it affects, you can see how it really can start to affect your whole body. So there's three general states for your, your thyroid. We have the overactive state, which is hyperthyroidism. We have a no balanced normal state, which is euthyroidism. And that's where your, your, high, uh, excuse me, your thyroid is working normally. And then we have the underactive state, which is called hypothyroidism. Right. And so there's tons of symptoms that, that we can have from the thyroid. And but because it controls your metabolism, we really see the main symptoms around weight um, energy and um, and then that kind of pans out into like your mood and your sleep and a million other things um, and so there's lots of lots of symptoms but when we look at an overactive thyroid this is basically where you have too much thyroid hormone and so that kind of puts your system into overdrive so everything is running kind of really hot really fast so we start to see um, weight loss, unintentional weight loss, anxiety, irritability, you're tired, but wired and you can't sleep, um, night sweats, heart palpitations, diarrhea. Um, and one of the harm, hallmark symptoms of an over, overactive thyroid is your eyes start to bulge out. And so that's kind of, um, once you get that symptom, that's, that's a pretty serious state of hyperactivity. So basically, your thyroid is dialed up you're super on edge and your system is in overdrive. So with hypothyroidism, it's everything is the opposite. Your your thyroid is underactive. So it's just everything is flipped. And, and since it's driving your metabolism, if it's not working properly, then everything is kind of slow and cold and heavy. Mm -hmm. So we get symptoms like fatigue, 
And for some people, it's really, really extreme fatigue. Like you're just so tired no matter how much you sleep. And then you just want to sleep all the time. Mm -hmm. um, depression, irritability, weight gain, no matter how much you exercise or diet, you just seem to gain weight and you can't get it off. Um, cold hands and feet, constipation, hair loss is a big one. People find their hair thins and falls out. And then cognitive issues, even with hyperactivity. So trouble focusing, memory loss, like you're just forgetting regular words. Um, you can't remember where you put your keys. I hear a lot of people say, I can read, I know how to read, but I cannot process what I'm reading. That's also like, that, that's a big one as well. Then um, both of those symptoms, or both of those conditions can also cause the goiter. And so those are sort of extreme. When you get a goiter, you're sort of in an extreme thyroid condition. Mm -hmm. So your thyroid is enlarging and swelling in your throat or in your neck. Um, and you can actually hear that when people speak. You can, you'll be able to hear that this trying to swallow around this lump in your throat, and it kind of sounds really gross. Mm -hmm. um, but you can hear that, and it also causes um, hoarseness and sore throat. So once that starts to get, your thyroid is inflamed. So this is super sorry. fascinating. Yeah, I was just, yeah. Saying, like, just listening, just listening to this. Um, I just wanted to point out too, just before um, we go further, that if anybody is on any kind of um, medication, like this is actually a doctor's diagnosis to actually class yes. having a certain thyroid issue, whether you're hypothyroid or uh, hyperthyroid, um, and never to come off any medication if you have been prescribed from your doctor. Um, obviously if you're additionally adding supplements then you also need to make sure that you are monitored for this as well. Cause you're, like you said, the thyroid controls everything. Yeah, exactly. And there's, you want to know where your, um, there's ranges for where your hormones are. Um, and so each person can be a little bit different, but you want to know that and you don't want to be screwing around with the thyroid. It really yeah. is critical. And so if you think you have these symptoms, you definitely need to get blood work because, medication can can sort of change your life as well yeah. and so for the reasons why we get thyroid disease um there's actually quite a few reasons uh and so one of them is that you can be born with congenital thyroid disease which is where your your thyroid doesn't form properly in the womb and therefore it doesn't make make hormones and so you're going to, in those cases you need to be on thyroid hormone for the rest of your life um because you don't don't have the the hardware as it were to to make thyroid hormone um it can also be transient so which means it kind of comes and goes quickly and this usually occurs with pregnant women mm -hmm. uh and it can happen after pregnancy where we get um thyroiditis or thyroid inflammation and that can go away um, within the first, within the 12 to 18 months after pregnancy. So that's transient um, thyroidism. And in many parts of the world, lack of iodine is a major cause of thyroid disease. So we need th iodine to actually make thyroid hormones. But uh, in North America, and actually most developed countries, we get enough iodine through our salt. Um, and in a lot of... Um, marine-centered um, cultures where they eat a lot of seafood, they get we get enough iodine. Mm -hmm. um, and so it used to be thought that this was the major cause in North America of, of um, thyroid disease. But in fact, actually in these countries, in our country, in Canada, North America in general, 
The leading cause of thyroid disease is actually autoimmune disease. Hmm. Autoimmune thyroidase. Yeah. So overactive thyroid is is Graves disease and underactive is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, And so we don't really know exactly why you get autoimmune disease. Um, This is where your your immune system is attacking your own healthy tissue. And it creates, in some cases, it creates the the antibodies that actually just block your hormone absorption. So it's attacking the receptor. Um, and so your your thyroid tissue starts to break down and doesn't make hormones. So, it, you know, thyroid problems in these cases tend to run in families. So if you have, you know, all of your sisters have thyroid disease or Hashimoto's disease, your dad has it, your mom has it, then this is it can, can run in families for sure. Um, there's a couple reasons we think might be why your immune system gets set off. So it can be like viral infections, leaky gut is a major one. Um, especially linking to autoimmune disease. So that's where your gut becomes damaged and then it leaks out these proteins and things that normally shouldn't be leaking out into your blood. Um, and then your immune system has almost like an allergic or hypersensitivity reaction, which then you create all of these antibodies. So that's sort of a gist of what can happen. And in our case in North America, it's definitely autoimmune disease is one of those things. If, if you're, you're not lacking iodine, um, and your things are not getting better for you, you're supplementing with medication, for example, mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting worse. This is a good sign, like get a more detailed thyroid pa- panel done because it can be actually be autoimmune disease. That is the cause. Hmm. I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm just writing everything sure. down as you're talking. So <laughs> the reason being is that I, I also do suffer with thyroid condition. Um, I didn't grow up with anything like problem and stuff, but what I did, um, I know there's a lot of moms in the groups that are listening to this and they've also experienced like not being able to lose weight, their hair's falling out, like after they've had their babies and it's still continuing, they're fatigued and they don't know why and there's no answers. So I kind of want to give a little bit of a, a background, like for myself, um, I didn't have any issues up until I had my second baby. Um, sometimes obviously they say, you know, having kids closer together usually can, you know, make things worse on your, on your body as a mom. Mine were 22 months apart. Um, give or take, I'd say that's kind of where most people do have another baby after two years. Um, there's a few things. So I actually have had my, um, hair test anal- like, like analyzed, and I am actually lacking iodine after I've had my second baby. Um, I didn't really notice there was an issue until I went to my doctor and I explained that I was continually fatigued um, and I was also very low in iron. So a lot of these symptoms overlap and that's the problem. A lot of moms think, oh, you know, like I'm tired because I, ha- I have a baby or my, you know, I'm, I'm awake a lot at nighttime. But I was experiencing what you just said, like feeling like my hands and feet were always cold. My hair was falling out like, and I think that was the big one was that every time I washed my hair, I was having like massive clumps of hair coming out. And I'm like, this isn't normal. Like, I don't think um, I should be experiencing that much. The hoarseness, I was noticing my voice was getting pretty hoarse. Um, And I did start to actually gain a little bit of weight and I never have changed anything. Like I still exercise, I still eat healthy. And I I couldn't understand, like, you know, I just couldn't shake. It was probably about 10 pounds or so. 
and I was wondering like what was going on like again sluggish you know um bowel movements things like that and like things weren't kind of moving in my body and I felt like I just was really tired all of a sudden and my body was sort of trying to preserve energy for myself for some reason so when I went to the doctor and I got my blood test done she's like uh your thyroid is like really really low so I had to be supplemented with medication now obviously the reason I'm interested in all this is because you're talking about herbs and supplementation and a holistic approach which I highly believe in um, I have the nursing background to understand medications and why we need them but eventually I would like to sort of and other moms put some supplements in to help myself I have a question a couple of questions around this because not every mom is like looking at their blood work or their hair you know um, samples and stuff but when you're lacking iodine in a Western culture, is it, do you think, because you're not absorbing it properly? Um, obviously, there's been stress in my life massively after I had my second son. Um, and that was another factor. So I was assuming it came from the stress and the autoimmune. But the fact is, I actually am lacking iodine or not being able to absorb it. So maybe if you could kind of give a bit of insight on that like for, for people that are in the western society and they're like oh, i feel like i'm eating a proper diet still yeah absolutely so i just kind of want to back up for a second to to what before we kind of get into that what you're saying about like um after having a baby it can some of those symptoms can definitely look like hormone problems right it's normal when your estrogen kind of dives down your hormones go all over the place for your hair to fall out um or to just be tired, right? But if you're having persistent symptoms, it's definitely good to go and get that checked because um, it could be actually something more than just hormone differences. As far as iodine, um, it's definitely diet for sure. It can, you know, it's hard to um, make sure we're as moms, new moms, or having a new a new baby again to make sure we're we're looking after ourselves. Um, so if you don't take a multivitamin that has iodine in it. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're not continuing your prenatal vitamins after you've had your baby, that can be um, that can be part of it. Okay. Um, if you have um, sometimes the autoimmune, if you have the autoimmune portion, that can actually cause problems with constant de um, deficiency. So especially when we talk about like iodine and selenium to go together, mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are constantly deficient in that and that can be from some of that inflammation that's happening with the thyroid um but if you one of the biggest things is really to just focus on your diet and make sure you're still continuing that prenatal vitamin afterwards yeah. so that you're getting the iodine because every prenatal vitamin has iodine in it because you really need it right for for um pregnancy for a child your baby development um so that would be something to look at that's especially yeah when i look back at it i did stop i stopped all my prenatal vitamins and i had really good ones that were bioavailable um ones that i was able to absorb properly from like real food capsules and of course as soon as you have your baby you're like well i don't need them anymore but then you think about it mm -hmm. you're breastfeeding and that was like probably the worst because that's when my thyroid plummeted um my iron levels plummeted and i should have going back i wish i could have gone back in time continued my prenatal vitamin and I think that's really good because I think that's something um, I can implement with a lot of the moms um, that I deal with that continue your multivitamin um, for you know a prenatal and all that during um, breastfeeding and after having a baby because you need to re-nourish your body as well.
Exactly. Absolutely. It's such a critical, mm-hmm. uh, a critical mineral. We need that. You need it for your thyroid. It's it's critical. Um, and so we'll we'll get into that a little bit because I had, do have some disagreements with how much we we should be taking, but. Um, it is, yeah, in your prenatal vitamin is the easiest way mm-hmm. to, to get the recommended daily amount. Um, and just to make sure that you're supporting your body through, through. I mean, there's so much happening after your body's adjusting after oh, yeah. pregnancy uh, and then just nourishing someone else as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I've experienced this myself and trying to find that balance like it's quite discouraging I think when moms are trying really hard to lose that baby weight and they're like I don't get it like I'm really tired and um they kind of put themselves on the back burner with all of this um so what can they do I guess now to supplement and help with you know herbal remedies nutritional aspect like what can they do aside from the the herbal supplement that we just talked about with the prenatal yeah so there's a couple of things that we can do, and I, I kind of want to say also before we kind of get into it, um, if you're dealing with children who have um, thyroid issues, it's not appropriate in my in my professional opinion to try and you know manage it without medication because it's yeah. so critical for growth and development. It can really cause serious. Um, brain problems and severe growth problems. So we really need to be careful there. Um, I can also tell you as well, with someone who has Hashimoto's disease, I also have hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's disease. Uh, Medication actually really changed my life. It's super cheap. In Canada, it's like 20 bucks for three months, um, which is very affordable medication. However, with the autoimmune part, it does not address that issue for me. And it helped me but i i needed some extra things to help you know make actually be able to work every day and and continue on with my life so that being said there are some things we can do so the first thing is to really look at iodine and selenium together so like i said um like i said i i sort of disagree a little bit you'll you'll hear a lot of herbalists say okay you you need you need iodine therefore let's take iodine rich herbs um and so those are things like seaweed and kelp and bladder rack and algae but i actually really don't agree with that because as i said it's true that you need iodine to make thyroid hormones you also need selenium and yeah. they're critical but iodine is a super narrow window therapeutic window so yeah. if you take too much iodine which these iodine rich herbs um that's too much iodine you can actually really cause major thyroid problems thyroid failure like toxic thyroid damage yeah it's a really really critical balance and and can be really really dangerous so and and because actually a lot of women the leading cause is autoimmune disease not actually lack of thyroid or excuse me iodine Mm -hmm. so if you are not deficient in iodine you should not be taking more than what's in your your prenatal vitamin right um you should not be taking like because people will take high dose things they'll take these these supplements that are really high in iodine so instead what i actually like to do is focus on um selenium 
So we can take selenium rich, eat selenium rich foods like Brazil nuts, for example. Um, but I actually, especially when we're talking about autoimmune disease, I actually like to take selenium, especially if you're already taking that multivitamin that has 150 micrograms of iodine in it. Mm-hmm. Then we can take this the selenium. So the selenium, your your thyroid actually needs selenium uh, and has selen- selenoproteins um, to make um, thyroid hormone. And the enzymes that you need to convert your thyroid hormones actually require selenium as also. So it's really critical, and we can see with autoimmune disease in in the studies that taking selenium can actually lower your, your antibodies. Um, and so. When your doctor tells you you have autoimmune disease, you have Hashimoto's, for example. Right. There's nothing we can do about it. Not entirely correct. There's, you know, the medications help with the malfunction, but that selenium can definitely help your antibodies, lower your antibodies. And so, of course, because selenium and iodine, they do go together. So if you do have an iodine deficiency, Mm -hmm. we have to be really careful about how much selenium we're taking because it's a delicate balance. If you take too much, you don't have enough iodine, then that can actually be harmful as well. So we have to be really careful there. So you got to work with somebody who knows what they're doing and how much is there, how much to take. Um, but if you're taking the multivitamin that has the iodine in it, then I'm less concerned because you're getting enough every day in order mm-hmm. for that to, to su- supplement your body. Um, did you have a question? So, so to me, it sounds like for the general population listening to this, um, if you are experiencing a thyroid problem, I would suggest a good bioavailable multivitamin that includes selenium and iodine because it would be in a correct dosage. Do not go and take iodine or selenium on its own and try to manage it yourself. Yeah, so if you know that you have autoimmune disease, then we can, we can, um, I, across the board, doesn't matter who you are, even if you're not a new mom or you haven't just had a baby, 150 gram, 150 micrograms of iodine a day in your right. multivitamin. That's what you should look for. Okay. Um, every day, take that. But if you know that you have autoimmune disease and you have been diagnosed with that, then we can actually take a little bit more. Um, cause a lot of times the, there's a precise dose that we can take that can help the antibodies. Your multi, my multivitamin may not have enough, mm-hmm. um, but if you're not sure yet, then you know that what you just said is exactly correct. What's the ratio? So when I say ratio, like you know how calcium, magnesium, there's like a two to one ratio. How does iodine and selenium work? Are they equally balanced or is one larger than the other? So selenium, you can take a little bit more, more um, okay. of selenium. Yeah. So. Uh, um, but it's not as, it's not as, um, I don't know the ratio off the top of my head, but, um, the, it's not as narrow as, um, iodine. Okay. So yeah. iodine, once you start getting upwards of like, you know, over 150, then we start to, we can start to see, um, symptoms, okay. especially for someone who's has a thyroid disease already. Um, if we start getting up th- to 300, 400, 500 a day, that's way too much. You're going to definitely start to have it can really cause quickly cause thyroid right symptoms like major thyroid symptoms selenium is not quite as sensitive for sure yeah so in terms of so in terms of herbs it really kind of depends um 
what's happening with your thyroid, whether you're hyperactive, whether you're underactive, right? right. Or hypothyroid, hyper, hyperactive, hypoactive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> what day is it? Um, so it's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Hello. I have thyroid disease. <laughs> um, so some herbs can stimulate your thyroid, which is what we want to do if we're underactive. Some herbs will suppress your thyroid, which we want to do if you're hyperactive. So we want to be careful because if you're already underactive and you take a thyroid uh, suppressing herb, mm -hmm. then that's a problem, right? right? Yeah. And so kind of what ends up happening is people take or just taking supplements and they're not really not sure which one or reading ingredients, which is we really want to read labels mm -hmm. um, because you actually end up taking something that really screws it up. So. Um, in terms of underactive thyroid, one that's probably not going to, it's pretty safe to take. Um, it's going to boost your thyroid. So it's going to help thyroid function is ashwagandha. So yeah, this is a root. Top of my head. <laughs> yeah, that's a root. Um, and it's sort of pretty similar to like a ginseng. Yeah. Um, so specifically, this one's not really going to, this one is not going to interact with any medication. Mm -hmm. or specifically thyroid medication. It may interact with other things, but thyroid medication, it's not going to prevent it from working. Okay. So in this case, this one is probably going to be most helpful if you're subclinical thyroid, hypothyroid. So that means you have mild symptoms or it's early thyroid disease or your, your TSH is slightly elevated, but it's like not enough for your doctor to change your dose or you're not like totally overtly in thyroid, uh, underactive thyroid. Right. So that, so, so sometimes people like, like I'm in this situation currently where, yeah, I, my thyroid is, I'm having issues, but it's not enough that I can actually take any more medication to do anything. So here I am using some of these herbs to kind of like get it to work better. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how we can use herbs. Mm -hmm. So I like to take ashwagandha in a tincture form. I personally prefer tinctures across the board. Um, they just, you, when you, it absorbs quicker into your body because it's a liquid and um, kind of hits your system faster, right? You can take a powdered form. We want to be really picky about where we're getting it. Um, and you'll often find when you take sea powdered stuff, there's all kinds of other herbs in there, all kinds of other, and then that's kind of where it gets a little bit like, okay, run that supplement past somebody because maybe there's actually something else in there that's probably gonna, could affect your mm -hmm. thyroid in a negative way. Um, in terms of, so if you have an overactive thyroid, then we want to suppress it. So we can use some herbs like um, lycopus is one, that will help um, suppress it. Uh, things like lemon balm or, or Melissa, it's called, can also suppress thyroid. However, if you're on medication, we have to be a little bit more careful because lemon balm can interfere with your thyroid medication. So good to know. And it will stop it from working. Same with the the lycopus herb as well. It will it will stop it from working. So. Yeah, we have to be careful about how we how we go about it. And so when you're looking at your herbal supplements, you'll see lots of thyroid stuff on the market, right? Um, and some things like myrrh or, or um, can be helpful as well, but then that can they can definitely interact with your meds. So 
it's good there to are know. some things we can do it's good yeah. to know because actually i was researching about lemon balm recently for like viral stuff that's obviously happening right now mm -hmm. and good to know because you know i do have thyroid medication for hypo so obviously if that's yes. for yeah. hyper it, it stop won't it actually from working yeah. okay good to know that's an interaction right there so. yep okay yeah and so yeah that's kind of people that you know kind of can start to take stuff to help the thyroid but then you're sort of taking a step backwards right because you're right. on medication and then it blocks it so then that's no good um the other thing we look at also is when we're talking about hormones and metabolizing hormones and and converting hormones your your thyroid hormones are converted in your liver and kidneys okay. so um we go from t4 which is the inactive pro hormone converts to t3 Mm -hmm. uh, in your liver and kidneys. So if we have liver problems, um, or we're not, which a lot of us do because it's just part of your digestive system. We're filtering, filtering things all the time. Right. We have all kinds of chemicals that we're going through. It's just your kidneys and kidneys and livers are your, your, um, superstar organs. Right. If we can, you know, we want to look at getting those organs functioning well, to help with metabolism. So anytime we see hormone problems, that's a good indication that, okay, maybe we could look at a sluggish liver. So we can support your liver with things like milk thistle or organ grape. Those will help get your liver um, metabolizing and converting well and functioning well so that your hormones can convert proper, properly. So this can help with the hormones you do already have and are making, even if you're not making enough. So it sounds to me like when you say um, problems with thyroid, you can start with what looks like a leaky gut that um, suppresses the liver being able to detoxify. That's going to cause the, the thyroid hormones not to be able to convert properly. Is that kind of what the process is? Yeah. So anytime we're looking at, especially autoimmune, if the, if the root cause of your thyroid problem is autoimmune, we're going to start with the gut most of the time. Um, because just getting those things, a lot of people are constipated or they have diarrhea either way, right? So if we can get your gut working properly, right? it's actually one of the key ways that you excrete hormone as well. So if you have too much hormone running around, um, it can then, it can filter over into your sex hormones as well. So your estrogen, progesterone, all of those. So we can get elimination processes working better uh, than we can also absolutely just boost overall function of your body so for sure gut and then your liver and kidneys um and then when we look at the gut as well we're looking at diet so one right. of the biggest things and you probably if you've researched thyroid you've seen it is gluten um and it and, and inflammatory foods a lot of people can't eat dairy and also if you're on meds dairy actually interacts with your medication or the calcium specifically can it interact and stop your medication from working properly. So we kind of look at, you know, gluten-free or very low gluten, low amounts of dairy, um, and then other things like caffeine, uh, low caffeine, uh, low sugar. These are things that just help your body work optimally, especially when working on your, your digestive system. So anything that's going to be inflammatory, then we kind of want to avoid that as well a lot of people especially with autoimmune disease have other problems like SIBO small intestinal bacteria overgrowth and then that causes um, all kinds of 
digestive issues. Um, so the autoimmune part really, really screws everything up because you're just, you just have so many more issues that yeah kind of go all together. It's starting to look like kind of a bigger picture of, um, it's like a circle, like, you know, you're eating gluten and dairy and not realizing you're intolerant to it. Then it's causing leaky gut. Leaky gut turns into not being able to process your thyroid hormones and your thyroid exactly. starts to work. So it's kind of like this whole process. So it's almost like going, I would say like backwards with a client, like you're getting all these symptoms and stuff and like, have you been eating dairy and wheat and all those yeah. kind of things. That's really interesting because as I look back, I actually am dairy intolerant and we do have celiacs um, in the family as well. So I've also had to take out sort of gluten and things just to kind of see if it makes a difference. But mm -hmm. yeah, years of eating that like throughout our lives, um, it's kind of, predispositioning us for these problems um, later. So, you know, with all that, um, what kind of nutritionally would you say would be something to either avoid? Because I know there's certain foods that you have to stay away from um, when your thyroid is underactive, you know, versus being um, hyperactive. Um, and what foods are kind of really good for nourishing and helping the thyroid through this process? Yeah, so one thing you're, you're going to read on the internet is you should avoid cruciferous vegetables, so broccoli, cauliflower. It's not really always um, correct. You can eat those. Those are nutritious foods. Um, I tend to just like them steamed um, and cooked, cook which kind of makes it easier. Yeah, easier to digest. Um, but things like soy, um, soy yeah. and millet can really interfere with um your thyroid uh you really if you if you really have to eat soy you you want it to be fermented and non-gmo that that's just a much better option but generally that can really interfere with your thyroid um and just hormone binding all the things um so in terms of like supporting your thyroid protein is really important um especially when you have active damage happening. So in autoimmune right. conditions happening to your thyroid, we want to make sure we're getting adequate um, protein so that we can actually help build thyroid tissue. Um, and as well, a lot of people are iron deficient or ferritin deficient. And so, you know, healthy meats, um, and I like to get as much as, much like pasture raised local um, meats as you can. Um, and some people with thyroid disease, you have trouble digesting food, you're constipated, right? Um, or diarrhea, depending on which way you go. So meat can be tough for some people. So just make sure you're getting, you know, adequate proteins through your nuts and seeds. Um, it just kind of depends on what's happening. If you have SIBO, that's going to be a problem, but generally healthy proteins, a lot of healthy fats, um, and your fruits and vegetables are and things that are rich in selenium and iodine. So again, iodine is good, but we have to be careful. I like to actually take an approach with autoimmune disease. I, I often will start off with a low iodine diet for a few months. And then because a lot right away, and we see that in research, if we do that, we target low iodine for a little bit, we can actually improve symptoms. This is if you're iodine, if you have, you're not iodine deficient, obviously. Um, and so things like, things that are really high in iodine like fish. So again, we have to be careful 
that we're not overeating too much fish and having too much um, like seafood and things that are too much iodine because that really can aggravate while also getting sufficient amounts. So <laughs> it's a balance. So um, is this something where you're saying to somebody probably eating fish like two or three times a week? Yeah. Like okay. you're not wanting to, yeah, you don't want to overdo it. If you're eating it every night or you really love seafood, just we don't want to overdo it with the iodine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the, if you if you are avoiding gluten, then grains can start to get a little bit tricky, right? So we want to look for the um, ancient grains that are naturally free in gluten, so that you can, yeah, um, because and we want whole grains, right? We want because we still can use those, and we need the fiber. Um, but if you're avoiding gluten, then that's kind of a road you want to take. Yeah. No, that's really interesting because, like I said, um, I didn't sort of connect the cycle of everything because, again, when you end up going to a doctor and saying, like, you have a thyroid problem, you typically just get medication, and that's the medical route. And like I said, nursing, I understand medications and what they're there for, but it's not treating the problem, which is the autoimmune disease. But then why is the autoimmune disease happening? Because there's a breakdown somewhere in your body and that could be from having a leaky gut, eating the wrong foods that maybe you're intolerant sensitive to, and you've done it for years and years, and it's like a breakdown in the system. So it's like, you kind of have to go back to sort of like, again, what are you putting in your mouth? Like, what are you eating at the end of the day? Is it yeah. something your body can tolerate? Um, and I had a, this discussion with somebody recently, but you know, we, we lose a lot of our enzymes to break down um, the lactose in milk, um, at, like by the age of five. So most mm -hmm. people actually are having dairy intolerances, um, not always as severe as other people, but there's a lot of symptoms out there where people are experiencing rashes and headaches and, you know, and, and as adults, a lot of the time we just kind of brush it off and like, oh, don't worry, like I'm fine. Like this is just something I keep going through all the time. And they're almost living in chronic illness. And then eventually the body's like, hey, can't break this food down anymore. And it, the, the symptoms get more severe. And this is where we start to see autoimmune disease creep in. Absolutely. And the foods that we are just generally exposed to are just full of a lot of things that are unhealthy and are toxic for our system systems. Um, and the sugar, the amounts of sugar and things that are just too much for our systems, yeah. um, that can lead to issues. But also to talk a little bit briefly about if you have IBS symptoms, get tested for SIBO because SIBO damages your gut. And that can actually be the leading issue, the primary issue. Um, you have too much bacteria in your, in the wrong place in your gut. And what can happen is it just basically destroys the lining of your gut. And that's how leaky gut can start. Right. Um, is when you have that, that kind of a gut infection. So it's not like leaky gut, you know, it's not necessarily always food that's causing it. It can be like bacteria issue and that microbiome balance is critical. We need that for good health and digestive health and it affects everything, your immune system and everything. Um, but it can get, can sometimes get out of whack. And I know from personal experience, I've had SIBO and it's a real pain in the ass to yeah, deal literally. with. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, it, that is, I think that has been the key 
the key thing for my disease is SIBO has destroyed my gut and then that's been the thing that's just leaking everything out into right. my system. Um, and repairing that can be, there's things we can take to repair that, there's herbs we can use, L-glutamine, um, and then things like slippery elm and marshmallow root, those things can help our demulsions that can help re um, align that mucosa in your gut and the folds and help that reconnect so that we don't leak out all the time. Um, and so, yeah, that is really, really key. Uh, and and then eating those foods on top of it, just aggravate Definitely. it. Um, if it's already, so you have those tight junctions, right? Yeah. So if it's already loose, then you're eating inflammatory pro things and those proteins are going out, then you're just exacerbating everything. Oh. Our gut yeah. health is everything. So, you know, from our skin to our brain to our thyroid, like how everything functions, how we feel. So this is amazing information and I've written down a lot of notes because I do have a lot of, like I said, moms that are in this position and it's good to be able to go back and sort of see what are they doing? What are they eating? Um, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast here. How can our viewers learn more about you? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm very passionate about thyroid health. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is Ms. Cheryl Witten. Um, and I talk a lot about thyroid health on there. I talk about herbs and I'm, I have a podcast also called the aromatherapist and you can find that wherever you get your podcast. I'm one of those ladies who breaks down details. Uh, and I'll tell you, you know, don't eat these things or don't eat to take these herbs because it's going to screw this up. So I'm, I'm a no BS kind of lady. So you can, ha I have lots of, um, resources on those places. And then my website is kind of a cheesy website called livelovelemon.com. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's like when, you know, back in the day, I was like to my sisters, what do you think about this name? Do you think it's great? Oh yeah. And now in 2021, I'm like, oh Lord, save me. <laughs> Regret. <laughs> Should have picked a different name. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate I'll blame it. it on my thyroid disease. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on here today, Cheryl. I'll put all these uh, notes in for people to be able to go to your links and go visit your website and check you out on Instagram. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bethany. It was great to be here.